This is the Otaku Nate Show, episode 24. The Daily Lives of High School Boys. High School Boys and a Podcast. What is up, anime fans? Otaku Nate here with another installment of the Otaku Nate Show, the anime podcast where we talk about anime that we want to talk about. Joining me this week is Dan the Man. Salutations, everybody. And Bronx Kuma. Hey there, good to be back. And this week, we are going to be talking about the daily lives of high school boys a comedy series released in 2012 by Studio Sunrise that ran for 12 episodes based on a manga by Yasanobu Yamauchi. The adaptation was written and directed by Shinji Takamatsu, a director who kind of specializes in these high school comedies. He's also directed Cutie High Earth Defense Club, Grand Blue Fantasy, Haven't You Heard? I'm Sakamoto. Uh, recently he's directing... Teppin, Laughing Until You Cry, and perhaps his most famous credit to us in the West, he directed all things related to School Rumble. So he's famous for directing comedies, but he actually cut his teeth directing mecha anime in the 90s, as he directed three entries into the Brave series, Brave Express Might Gain, Brave Police J. Decker, and Brave of Gold Goldran, as well as two Gundam series, After War Gundam X and Gundam Wing. So Takamatsu is quite the accomplished director, but enough of the behind-the-scenes stuff. What is the premise of the daily lives of high school boys? Not that we really need to explain it, given the title tells you everything. Yeah, I think it's really just that. It's pretty straightforward. Um, I feel like, you know, there's a decent splattering here and there of different, like, high school-based comedy anime, like Asobi Asobase, uh, some more surrealist stuff, like Azumanga Daio. Uh, and there was a similar one recently. It was another high school girls one uh, that was a little more tropey, but um, it had a similar sort of... Lucky Star or My Ordinary Life, Nichijo. I can't remember what it was called. I'll look it up later. But yeah, it was a very similar anime, uh, and it was just very much like this. It's just a slice of life comedy of people just like goofing around, you know, both in mostly outside of class. But yeah, it just the stupid shit that people get up to when they're teenagers. And I always love watching this show because it reminds you, especially us being the, the age range we are, how fucking stupid we were as teenagers, you know, and it doesn't seem to have really changed. And it's kind of refreshing. To be reminded, I, like, hey, we were dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's kind of like just the, the talk in the show, how they interact, especially every episode beginning, always points out, like, breaks the fourth wall, like, who's anime? It's like, it's like, who writes this? Is it actually a high school kid or an older man or something like that? And it, it really just breaks the fourth wall. The, the show is just like segments of Daily Lives of High School Boy. But you also forget the greatest thing high school girls are funky. Oh, yeah, I love High School Girls are Funky. Well, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves right here, but um, before we get into why this show is, well, pretty much a masterpiece, where did you first hear about the daily lives of high school boys, and what were your impressions when you first watched it? Uh, Dan, why don't you start this one off? Okay, so funny thing is, I watched this back in Fansub back in 2012. I watched the first episode, and I thought it was pretty funny back then, but I never did, after like the second episode, I never finished it. I totally forgot about it years later, and then Nate brought it up again and said, hey, I'm going to review it. And it's like, and I wrote reviews of it, and I'm like, everyone says it was a pretty funny little show, and I was like, okay, I'll give it another chance and finish it, and I'm glad I did, and it's a fun show. It's uh, that's actually how I heard about it. It was like yeah, the old good old days of when I was 
torrenting on other sites by other means. The references, like, you know, the Sunrise and the Square Unix references, especially that first few minutes of that first episode, had me laughing. And that's kind of how I heard the show again. It's just one of those shows that kind of was there for me, but I never really kind of put it on the side. I never really thought I was going to finish it, but I'm glad I did. And thanks to Nate and kind of getting me back and rewatching it again. I, I really loved it. Um, so I remembered the title of the other anime I wanted to compare it to, which was uh, Doshi Kushi no Murukuzukai, or Wasteful Days of High School Girls. And this is a very similar anime to uh, Daily Lives of High School Boys. Um, and that came out in 2019. My family and I really enjoyed it. And I want to say, especially during the height of the quarantine, my fiance and I were looking for something lighthearted, especially because my fiance was stuck working inside all day because they made her do remote work uh, as a preschool teacher, which I don't really understand how you do, but we did it. Uh, and I'm a first responder. I work in an emergency room. In fact, this year marks my 15th year working as a first responder. So that was a really rough time for us professionally uh, and personally as well. So wanting something more sort of palatable uh, to offset the, the dour nature of 2020, uh, I happened to come across Daily Lives of High School Boys on Tubi. And my fiance didn't get as into it as she did uh, Wasteful Days of High School Girls, but I fucking absorbed it. Especially um, not just the ending segment of the first episode, but in particular, I have a very strong fondness for the ending theme of this show and how absurd it is. And as soon as I heard it, it just resonated deeply with me. Um, and it's been a favorite of mine since. So when you had mentioned a couple months back that you were looking to possibly do this episode again for the podcast, uh, and I wanted to be on the episode for it, I was like, yeah, I will be more than happy to rewatch it just to talk about it because it is fantastic and it holds a very special place in my heart. As for me, I knew about the daily lives of high school boys. I might have seen a clip here or there, but I never really went out of my way to watch it. But I knew it was acclaimed enough to the point where I bought that special edition set put out by Nippon Ichi Software. You guys remember when NIS America got into the anime market back in, like, the early 2010s? Oh, yes. <laughs> those big boxes they used to sell those special boxes that you can't fit on a shelf. Rectangles! <laughs> the, the boxes were these big-ass rectangles that you couldn't fit on, like, a standard media shelf. You had to specifically arrange your shelves just for these boxes. Yeah, no, they're ridiculous. I remember the first time I saw one uh, in, what's it called? In Book Off downtown. Um, I forget what show it was, but I remember like they had to lay it separately from all the other DVDs because the cases of these boxes were like comparable to like the large CD cases that the 3DO games used to come in. I was like, why are they so tall? What is with this? Because they have to fit, like, those giant-ass hardcover books in there. And I actually looked at the book inside. It's not like it contains any special supplemental information or anything. It's just character profiles and episode summaries, and that's about it. Those sets were really, you know, people, those pretty many sets, people loved them. I guess after a while, they started releasing them in general, where they took those big boxes out and just put them in regular cases. Yeah, they, they pretty much did, like, your standard chipboard box like you do, but I got a little off track because I bought that set, it sat on my shelf, and I did not watch it. Not because out of fear or anything, it's just I never got around to it. And one of the reasons why I started this podcast is to sort of just watch stuff that I missed out on or have been curious about. Instead of watching Daily Lives of High School Boys... I had more important fish to fry, like Kemonomichi and Lost Universe. Uh, I mean, it could be worse. You could have said Onegai Sensei, but, you know, I won't hold that against you. Spoiler alert yeah, for a future episode. Oh, that will have its day on the show. But when I finally got around to watching it, as soon as the first episode hit, I went, Yeah, baby, 
let's go. Because the daily lives of high school boys is as good as all the critics said it was. As Anime News Network put in one of its reviews, it's comedy perfection. But before we go into what makes the daily lives of high school boys work so well as a comedy, let's talk about the animation for a spell. And I don't think there's anything much we can say about it. It's basic. Yeah, I mean, it's a comedy anime, you know, it. I've never read the manga, but I always got the impression, based on the way the stories played out, that this was a four-panel manga, kind of similar to B Gotta HK. So, similar to that, I always got the impression that the animation was serviceable. It didn't need to be anything over the top. Um, it just needs to convey its visual gags uh, and match the voice acting. And it does that with a plum, you know? I'm not looking for anything over the top if I'm looking at comedy. It just needs to not be awful. And this is just fine. Yeah, it's just, it's, it, the animation is fine, especially for a show that came out in 2012, and still looks good to this day. It doesn't need to be anything special, it's just, when it's good, it's really solid, and it works. And it doesn't need to over be, you know, flashy, but when it's flashy, it does it more of it as a comedy aspect. It's fine. And I think it was pretty decent animation. It wasn't, I didn't see any off-key elements when I watched the show or anything, so... It's a Goldilocks sort of animation, where it's not too hot, not too cold, not too stiff, not too over-exaggerated, it's just, mm, just right. It doesn't need to be anything more than what it needs to be, just simple animation of these high school boys dawdling about their day-to-day -day lives. Although I will say the opening sequence in the first episode is really good, mostly because, well... A certain Sunrise property is parodied in that opening set. Oh, yeah. That was fantastic. I actually really appreciate the fact that the studio went so far as to be like, yeah, you know, we're a combination of Sunrise and the Sony production. Let's take advantage of that for some jokes. And they do it several times throughout the series. Um, but with one very particular mecha anime... Uh, and I do have to say, I never expected to see a certain uh, mech colored like its rival mech before. But it happened, and there we are. I wonder if Bandai sold that kit, because I would love to buy one like that. I had no idea that that was an actual official kit that they made afterwards. I would definitely love to get one, too. Speaking of mecha references, this is just a little sidebar. In the opening scene, there's a scene where our three main characters, Tadakuni, Hidenori, and Yoshitake, are running across the screen, like, side-by-side side lined up. It feels like they lifted that exact same sequence of animation from the opening to Metal Armor Dragonar. Like, watch that cut in the intro, and then watch the same cut from Dragonar. It feels like it's an homage but it looks more like it was done unintentionally. I can't say I've ever seen Dragon R, but I'll definitely keep an eye out for it now if I ever get around to watching the series. Yeah, not to be confused with Dragon R Academy, which is just another crappy fan service show. All right, I'll keep that in mind as well. But yeah, I guess since we're talking about the characters now in the show, let's get into it, man. Let's really get into the meat and potatoes of this show, because, oh my god, again... Well, hold your horses, because we have to talk about one more aspect of the show before we get into the meat and potatoes, and that is, of course, the soundtrack and subsequently voice acting, and I don't think I really need to say anything other than the soundtrack is pretty fun. Yeah, I think it's another one of those things where it does the job it's supposed to, you know? Um, it's adequate where it needs to be. It fills in for, like, the holiday episodes when they do have them. Um, it amplifies the silly moments, but it doesn't overstay its welcome, you know? What do you think, Dan? That ending theme song is forever stuck in my head. Yes. The ending theme ba, 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 song ba, 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 ba. <laughs> Well, let's, uh, let's get to it. Before we uh, go, I just want to say the composer for this is a group called Audio Highs. Their only credits outside of this include Chio's School Road, Bakuman, Basquash, and everything related to Gintama. Uh, that doesn't surprise me, especially considering who you said the director was. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that director is heavily associated with like the first 
few seasons of Gintama as well, as well as a couple of the movies. That is correct. So, Shinji Takamatsu directed the first 105 episodes of Gintama. Yeah, so when it's that is a show that I need. That's a show I would like to tackle one day. But that's like I don't. That's a that's a mammoth show. There's series some, to get into. There are some shonen series that we will cover on here, but I may have to do them in blocks or seasons. I mean, I still got to follow up uh, on my first episode of Doctor Stone, but you can see Takamatsu using some of the tricks he learned on Gintama applied to the daily lives of high school boys, both in its humor and its soundtrack. And boy, do we have to talk about that ending song, because holy crap, that is yeah. one of the greatest ending credit sequences I have ever seen for an anime. Like, not since the ED to Transformers victory have I laughed this hard at an anime ending song. I know, I know, I, I know I said it before. I don't know, Dan's probably going to gush about it, too. Oh, it's so good. It's to the point where I will randomly play it while I'm doing chores around the house. And I know it annoys my fiancé, but I also get joy over the fact that it annoys my fiancé. Oh, it's just joy. Do you ever feel like you're like doing jazz hands? What do you think that song comes on? <laughs> I don't know about jazz hands, but I want to jazz dance like I'm Fred Astaire. Probably, yeah, that does too. Because it's just so... I don't know why, it just makes me giggle. And then the the, uh, the play, they're, you know, in the ending credits, they're doing that play, and it just... It's so totally what that show is. They're fighting each other on stage in this battle, and it's just really fun. One of them's yeah. got a big afro, the other one's dressed up like Vegeta. One of them's got the big Gaku and Handsome chin. It's fantastic. Gaku and Handsome, that's a show... Uh, because, <laughs> like, the song itself, it feels like it's supposed to be a really poorly performed song from a high school play. I mean, I find myself singing that chorus to myself when I'm at work. That like, there's so many really good EDs that are done in that style from the 2010s. Like, I lo it kind of reminds me of the ED to Princess Jellyfish in that it's a similar style of song. But I'd be lying if I said that I prefer Princess Jellyfish's ED to the Daily Lives of High School Boys ED. Because that ED is an earworm and a half. It's just one of those EDs that every time you hear it, it makes you smile. It really does. It's truly charming. And while I think it does overshadow the opening, I do have to give, you know, credit to the opening theme as well, especially because, you know, when it talks, uh, when we look at the show and the way it sort of encapsulates nostalgia by looking how ridiculous teenagers are, um, the style in which that beginning song is composed Reminds me so much of like late 90s and early 2000s J-Rock. It just sounds generic enough where it feels nostalgic and familiar, even if you've never heard the show before. And yet, it's it too, if you look at its lyrics, are is very fucking ridiculous. It's literally just about how their greatest treasure is the friendship that they found along the way. Um, and there's <laughs> nothing that I really can say that's greater than just a song being a meme uh, and how seriously it is. It presents itself. It's great. If you don't watch this show, by all means, go and watch the ED to Daily Lives of High School Boys. You will laugh your head off. Just that opening piano riff, you know when it's coming out, you like you just start like, like oh shit, here it goes. <laughs> do, do. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Uh, it's a good, yeah, definitely a memorable, uh, would you say it's one of the best comedies of the 2010s? I would say so, but before we go ahead to preparing the Krabby Patty, I'm gonna bore you all with voice actors. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Tadakuni is played by Miyu Irino. He's the voice of Sora in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> That's actually kind of fitting. He's Koshi Sugawara in Haikyuu, Todamatsu in Mr. Osamatsu, Ritsu Kageyama in Mob Psycho 100, Shoya Ishida in A Silent Voice, 
And perhaps his most acclaimed role of them all, he is Haku in Spirited Away. Oh. Wow. That's cool. Wow. Speaking of Gintama, Tomokazu Sugita is Hidenori. Yes, we've got Sagata Gintoki from Gintama as one of the lead boys. He's also Eskinor in Seven Deadly Sins, Kyon in The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, Krom in the Fire Emblem series, Ragna the Blood Edge in Blaze Blue, and second best boy, Yusuke in Persona 5. No, you take that back. Yusuke is best boy. Sorry, but I gotta give it to my boy Ryuji. Uh, Ryuji's not a bad boy at all, but uh, we'll have to, to agree to disagree there. Yoshitake is played by Kenichi Suzumura. He is Shingo in Prison School. Kamui Shiro in X. He's everybody's favorite Gundam pilot, Shin Asuka from Gundam Seed Destiny. Momotaru Mikoshiba in Free. Ash Roller in Axel World. He is Zack from various Final Fantasy projects. And he is in two remakes of two famous space operas that were done by the same director. He's Daisuke Shima in Yamato 2199. And the voice of Yang Wen Li in Legend of the Galactic Heroes, Dinoe Teze. Motoharu, the bearded one, is played by Daisuke Namikawa. He's Rock in Black Lagoon. Hisoka in Hunter Hunter. The current voice of Goemon in Lupin the Third. And Yu Narukami, the protagonist from Persona 4. Toshiyuki Karasawa, the baseball cap kid, is voiced by Yuki Ono. He is Gran in the Grand Blue Fantasy series. Isami Aldini in Shokugeki no Soma, Taiga Kagami in Kuroko's Basketball, and Shiro Ashia in The Devil is a Part-Timer. The student Isn't he also Lewis from Beastars? That is correct, he is Lewis. The student council president is voiced by Akira Ishida, Gara from Naruto, Akaza in Demon Slayer, Othrun Zala in Gundam Seed, he is Kaoru in the Rebuild of Evangelion movies, Regulus Corneus in ReZero, and the role that made him big, he is Zelos in The Slayers. Ooh, nice. The Vice President is played by Hiroki Yasumoto. He is Agil in Sword Art Online, Shingo Kinjo in Yoamushi Pedal, Yuri in Megalobox, King in One Punch Man, Deutschland, or excuse me, Germany in Axis Powers Italia, the titular Hozuki in Hozuki's Cool-Headedness, and is the current voice of Guile in Street Fighter. And lastly, everybody's favorite punching bag in the series, Mitsuo, is voiced by Nobuhiko Okamoto. I wouldn't mess with Mr. Okamoto as he is Bakugo in My Hero Academia, Accelerator in A Certain Magical Index, Bita Logan, I hope I said that right, in Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon, Yu Nishinoya in Haikyuu, Origami Cyclone in Tiger and Bunny, and Mizuki in Kamisama Kiss. Oh yes, I'm very aware of him. My fiancé is one of many women who adores the Haikyuu, so I'm very aware of who this person is. <laughs> and to round out the cast, the high school girls... Yu Kobayashi plays Yanagin, she is Sasha in Attack on Titan, Ruka in Steins Gate, Satoshi Hojo in Higurashi, Lala Gonzalez in School Rumble, Lucina in the Fire Emblem series, and the role that I know her best for, she's Miss Smith in Monster Musume. Ikushima is played by Chiwasato, Akemi Homura from the Madoka Magica series, and Hitagi from the Monogatari series. She is Aika S. Granchesta, or is it Grancesta, I don't know, from the Aria series, Francesca Lucini in Strike Witches, and Tao Kaka from Blaze Blue. And last but not least, Habara is played by Yukana, who plays my favorite girl from Fullmetal Panic, Tessa. She is Cure White in the Pretty Cure series. Mashiro in My Hime and My Otome, a series I really want to cover, both of them. Kana in Inuyasha and CC in Code Geass. And now, we come to the moment. Preparing the Krabby Patty. 
I mean, talking about why the daily lives of high school boys is such a good show. And I think part of the reason why it works so well is because it does exactly what it says on the tin. Like, it's a story all about high school boys and their daily lives. What else can you uh, say about it? You know, I think it definitely does what it says on the tin, but I think Dan definitely pointed it out first. This show is really good at breaking the fourth wall. Go ahead, Dan. Yes, I think it is. You... Are we talking about moments are in the show? Or... Well, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Oh, oh man. Where, where do I begin? I guess some that stick out the most, I mean, a couple that made me laugh really hard out loud is the uh, one where the three boys are sitting at a bench and they're watching the other girls at like middle school or doing something so they start dubbing over what they're talking about yes <laughs> and then i think they finally catch on and they're watching them it just came to a really funny moment my other top other moment was okay what was her name the one who's like the pre uh no like she's like the president of the other girl school and the guy, the hat, or the, um, I forget which one it was, the one who was, like, ashamed to look at girls' panties. Oh, yeah, He's yeah, like, I did yeah. something horrible today, and they invite her over to go fix well, something, and I proved it. It's... Oh, there's a great, that's a great <clears throat> moment that subverts your expectations, because, uh, oh, there's, yeah. there's a sketch where the boys, uh, you know, they invite a girl over just so that they can look at her panties, and I won't spoil how it ends, but it's a great little subversion of your Oh, it's a side gag. The ending of that was hilarious, but my, my personal favorite segment was the one where they a guy a guy was getting something, and the thief steals this guy's oh wallet, God. and he has to chase him down, but he doesn't know how to ride a... He tries to steal another <laughs> kid's bicycle, and he has to learn how to ride a bicycle. So the whole day is to try to teach him how to ride a bicycle. And then the ending is this basically kind of like, they succeeded in finally doing it, and they all forgot about the wallets. Yeah, it was fantastic. That yeah, moment got me stitches. That was the funniest moment. I love it. Do we... Go ahead. Well, I think also one of the okay. reasons why it works is that I love the character dynamic uh, that everybody else has as well. Like, our first trio of students that we're introduced to, we have Tadakuni, who's the main guy. You've got Hidenori, the nerdy type, and Yoshitake, who's kind of the cool one of the trio. But, like, in terms of dynamic, I've often said that Tadakuni is the mo of the three, in that he's pretty much the straight man. I, I haven't figured out who the Larry or the Curly is, though, because it seems to change from sketch to sketch, because... Daily Lives of High School Boys is a sketch comedy show when you break it down to its core. Very much like School Rumble, where each episode had three separate segments, Daily Lives of High School Boys has multiple sketches in each episode, and they all tackle different themes and different activities that we all did when we were in high school, or moments that we can relate to, like Dan just mentioned, The Bike Thief. Yeah. <laughs> the bike that thief. moment. It's a brilliant moment, and honestly, what I think what works about the show too—they're not over long; they're short to the point. They don't out, they don't drag too on too long, and I think that's why the show works in a way because the show is only twelve episodes long. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's a perfect length. It's if it was like about twenty-four episodes or more or anything like that, I think the show would get stale after a while. But I think it knows exactly what it wants to be. It does it very well. It has a lot of moments in the show in that 12 episodes. It's just exactly what you get for it. And honestly, that's why it works. But things like shows like Osmago Dial, which was a good show, I think it got kind of tedious after a while. I think that show got way... It stayed overstayed its welcome way too long. I love there are also sketches in here where they can drag out a joke for way too long and it doesn't get boring like the one involving the uh, corn dog. You guys remember that one? Yeah. Which one? Okay. The corn dog. Oh, God. Yeah. That had the most violent scene where it's like, they're trying to pick up the corn dog and it sticks the other guys. And it's like, ouch! Yeah. Like, but that ending was brilliant. I won't spoil that last part, but that got me in stitches. Like, I was actually kind of like cringe because it, like, gosh, that would have been painful. Yeah. Going back to what you said, though, in terms of like, you know, 
interplay of characters and like episodes not sticking around for long. One thing I do sort of appreciate about the show and the way it presents its comedy is that it it is also where it has to be a slice of life. So while these sketches don't last long, there is good continuity in between them. And what I really like in particular in terms of continuity is you mentioned the bicycle thief episode. Well, if you remember correctly, the character that they stole the bicycle from, he doesn't get introduced till later. But what we do know about him when they first introduce him is that he's the brother of Yasan, the girl at the riverbank, who's always trying to get Hidenori to roleplay with him. And that's the most hilarious fucking shit to me. About this girl, this fucking weeby girl who wants this dramatic boy meets girl moment. And she can never fucking have it. Exactly. Her reactions are priceless, especially the one where she chases him down. Oh, was yeah. like, funniest. That was hysterical. <laughs> and the payoff of that, I won't spoil it, but it was great. Mm-hmm. There's a sketch in the first episode where, you know, if if you're not, if you don't laugh at it then this show is not for you, but there's a really funny one involving our main three characters exploring the ins and outs of mini skirts. Oh god, that that had me that was the like build up I... to the punchline mm-hmm. is fantastic. And I think that's a great job. One of the things I praise Full Metal Panic Fumofu back when I reviewed it was that it does a great job of building up comedic tension. And I think one of the great things about why The Daily Lives of High School Boys is so good is that it does a great job of building up the comedic tension, setting up your expectations, and then just knocking them down. I, I want to point out something, too. What I think this, I also like about the show is you don't have to tell a raunchy comedy. This show could have been a raunchy, vulgar so while it has adult moments, they're not over vulgar. It's it's it, it uses its dialogue and wits just to be quick. You know, I've seen a lot of comedies that really try to be as edgy as all get out. It just it gets stale after a while. This one, it does exactly what it is. It doesn't try to be as vulgar, it doesn't try to be innuendos or anything. It's just great comedy, like old school comedy, but it's very witty and creative and it does a good job at it. And the thing is, is that yeah, anytime the boys get involved in some sort of perverted activity, you can tell they feel bad afterward. And I think that's that, something that's yeah, missing. That was funny. I think that's something that's missing in some of the bad, etchy comedies. Like, a lot of the guys who are perverts, like, when they get their comeuppance, you can tell that they have no regrets about what they're doing. Or they're not going to learn from their mistakes. The author just wants to get them involved in as much sexual hijinks as possible. Whereas in the daily lives of high school boys, it's more or less just that you laugh at these boys for these sexual antics, but you also feel bad for them because they know that what they did was wrong. It kind of like reminds me of shows like Green, shows like Green Green, for example, which is an awful, awful, awful show. Don't ever I watch can. it. I can. I can too. Yeah, but they don't like. There's no remorse. It's very mean, very cruel. These shows, this show didn't. I didn't feel kind of gross or disgusted after watching it. And again, I like edgy comedies. I can enjoy an edgy show. It has to be done right. But this show could have been could have gone all over the place, and it doesn't. It actually did exactly what it needed to do, and I'm very proud of watching it. And it made me laugh. Yeah, no, I definitely have to agree. You know, the way it subverts expectations and falls in that line of like, yes, this is. You know, we're clearly dealing with teenage boys, um, but every time, like, something bad happens, they feel the effects of it. It's great. Um, Like, speaking of perverted moments, there is another moment where it's three of the characters. It's two of the main three, and then Mitsu, the punching bag. uh, They're all in a park, and they're all admonishing, I believe it's Mitsu, for being in a position in which his family found his uh, his stash. And uh, that ends pretty well, too. We also have the student council that we have to talk about as well. Because we have two of the older students with Karasawa and Motoharu. And then you have the president and vice president who aren't given any names. They're just simply president and vice president. I didn't know their name. I always thought, like, was there a name? I didn't kind of figure it out, but I'm glad I wasn't the one who was like, wait, they never had names, did they? No, no. 
he, he's legitimately just president throughout the series. It's great. Even the team oh, okay. call him president. It's fantastic. And I have to admit, I love this show overall, but the the student console, when they first introduced him, begins what is essentially the first sort of arc, so to speak, in the story. One that isn't just like self-contained, what's it called, self-contained little sketches. And seeing the way the student council interacts with, um, what's her name, Ringo, and the student council from the, their sister school, the all-girls school, and how that ultimately culminates at the school fair is one of my favorite moments in recent anime watching. Oh, that, it is, that festival scene where they put it through the haunted house at, is, ah, oh, delicious. It's great. The whole, like um, Dan was saying before, the show's really good, um, and I think you mentioned this as well, the show's really good at building up comedic tension and the build-up to the school fair and Ringo's emotions boiling over during it, I think is the best example of comedic tension build-up in the show, bar none. It, it really does set the, up the pins beautifully to knock them all down. But there's something we need to talk about that's probably more important than anything else. We mentioned this earlier, but we have to get into the best part of the daily lives of high school boys. High school girls are funky. Oh, they're very funky. <laughs> I just love how the there's a whole set of female characters that get a segment all to themselves, and their stuff is easily the best in the entire show. Yeah, they, those were the funniest moments in there. <clears throat> definitely, it's like... I like, like, one of them is very calm, but she has this, like, bad background where she was, like, demonic, and so I'm, like, <laughs> it's just, like, they portray her like this evil person back in the day because she was, like, all out of control, and, like, it just makes it all, breaks it out pretty well. It was pretty fun. One of the things I adore is the way they introduce uh, the high school girls um, is they introduce them as neighbors to one of the boys from the student console. And they're talking about how they think boys are shit. And the way he resolves the problem of them. <laughs> let's, uh, let's not spoil it. No, I'm not going to say it. But I think it works really well in tandem to the school festival arc. Because the same problems that those girls have with him also reflected in the way Ringo feels about the student council and the fact that he's very easily able to sort of deal with this problem in an almost blasé matter is hilarious. I do love the uh, whole, uh, they try to be K-On, but they admit they are not K-On, and they try to steal references, and they admit to it. <laughs> oh, man. It, it, it was, it's, again, those segments were always great. I just like the title alone. I don't know, every time I hear the say high school girls are funky, I just start giggling, because it's just, it's so, it's just brilliant. Yeah, I also like that they serve as a very equal sort of parallel to, like, the main boys. Um, you know, the boys, you know, you'll see them, like, sort of, like, going through things, like, trying to figure out girls, and, like, who what's considered cute and whatnot. And then when you get to the girls being funky, you see them talking in different ways about like the same problems. Like what actually is considered cute? Are we cute? Do boys like us? And the answer is, you know, with it being high school, it's you might be disappointed with the answer and how it relates to you, but it's the truth that it's fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, overall, the show, I mean, it, it's its a great little fun little comedy that, you know what, people kind of overlooked, and it's kind of a show that, if you go back and watch it, I mean, some of these newer fans who learned a comedy show that's, you know, that's pretty good, this is a one I recommend. I do want to ask you something, though, and that is this, would you show this to somebody who isn't already an anime fan? Because I'm working on a panel about getting friends and family into anime. And comedies are the hardest thing to recommend because of cultural barriers and different tastes in humor. To me, it would be like, 
you know, it depends on the person, honestly. Like, are they looking for slapstick comedy? Or are they looking for, depending on what they're looking for, if they want something more action-oriented, more dialogue-driven, or, like, plot after plot, then they're not going to like high school boys. But if they're looking for some silly, fun little show, then, yeah, I recommend it. And it's not, the Japanese, like, jokes, it's not too heavy on it, which is good. There might be you know, some references here and there, because like, they do some references. But... It's overall, I mean, it depends on the person. I mean, I would say yes, you can always try it, because it's more like, I said, the slapstick, like the Three Stooges, or Monty Python-style humor, which most people can get behind. And it's, again, it depends on that person. So if they rather like to see that kind of stuff, they might like it. If not, I wouldn't recommend it. I'm really pondering your question, and aside from the references... That they bring up of what i know i think there might be two limiting factors as to whether somebody who really isn't into anime or is only casually into anime uh would get uh behind this show uh and one would be the fact that so far as i know the show does not have a dub and is sub only uh and i think with it being sub only while that means the jokes stay in the context that they're written some of those jokes, while they're not overtly Japanese, I think you have to have some awareness of the culture, at least um, a superficial understanding, to maybe understand where some of them are coming from. The other thing I think might be an inhibiting factor is perhaps the age or the mindset of the person you're showing it to coming into it. I think people like us, you know, who are, you know, millennials or late Gen Z or Gen X. Uh, would definitely be able to gravitate towards some of the the issues that are dealt with in the show and could sort of laugh at ourselves now. But I'm not so sure and maybe somebody younger or much older than us would really gravitate towards the show the way people in our age group would do. Um, I think it's a soft recommend for me if you were to introduce it to family outside of anime circles. But again, it's a soft recommend i don't know if i would put it as like a first series maybe as like a third or fourth series if they seem to have gotten comfortable with certain shows that's something i did want to touch on that i forgot about this show doesn't have a dub and that kind of baffles me because i would say that this show would be ripe for an english dub and i'm kind of surprised that NIS didn't go back and dub this like they did with Love Live or something. Honestly, I'm surprised. Or Toradora. Yeah, or Toradora. Like, I, I, this show would be great for an English dub. Uh, I, especially the, the, the sketch you mentioned earlier where all three of our main characters are dubbing over the actions of those girls. Oh, yeah. There is a, mention mentioned that, the dub. There is a fan dub of Daily Lives of High School Boys on YouTube. Someone actually dubbed it over, all 12 episodes. Really? I was not aware yes. of it. Yes, I looked it up one day, I was like, oh, let's see if it's on there. I'm like, there's an English dub, it's a fan dub. And it, I watched that episode with that commentary, and it was pretty funny. Like, I mean, it's worth checking out. I mean, it's, it's on there. I cannot huh. really condone fan dubs especially if it's a show that is legally available in america but to each their own i guess that's a little bit of a curio i wouldn't be surprised though if they do go back and dub it i mean we're finally getting a dub for natsume's book of friends that surprised me so you know if natsume yujin show can get a dub then so can daily lives of high school boys hmm. the power of tubi <laughs> honestly i do think though that if you are going to show this to somebody who's like into some comedy this is definitely top 10 material easily one of the funniest shows of the 2010s and we got some really good comedies that decade yeah modest first time my, my other favorite yeah. comedy <laughs> Begata H. Kai, gosh, that show is still hilarious. I, I was, love that show. I One did, of the last like DVDs I bought from FYE before they went out of business in my neighborhood. Definitely worth the $10 I got for the DVD Blu-ray combo pack. I was going to throw in uh, Hinamatsuri as well. That one's hysterical. 
never seen Hinamatsuri, but it's... if I'm not mistaken, I think the creator of the manga is also the creator of Watamote, and that's another hysterical 2010s anime for sure. I never finished Watamote. That was a show that oh, cringed me a bit. It was hard to watch. I could definitely understand having some difficulty getting through Watamote, but in a very sort of roundabout way, I have a deep affection for for the main character of that show. Like he he needs a hug. He definitely needs a hug. Yeah, I'm confirming this to you right now, Bronx. Uh, the creator of Hinamatsuri, Masao Otake, did not create Watamote. You're thinking of somebody else. Oh uh, well, because I have uh, what's it called. On this website here on Anime Planet, uh, the manga creator, Yasunobu Yamauchi, uh, is listed also as the creator of Watsumote. I don't know why they have him there, but author and artist. It's likely he did artwork for the anime adaptation. Ah, okay. Not the manga. That was done by Niko Tanigawa. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah, no, I think the show, you know... Uh, it's unlike the last time I was on your show, and we were speaking about uh, Die Guard. Uh, and Die Guard is a very nuanced show. We ended up finding a lot to talk about. I think with a show like this, that's so self-encapsulated and straightforward, there's not a lot of nuance to talk about. And I think, you know, that's perfect for what it is. You know, you want sometimes to be able to sit down and enjoy a viewing experience, you know, um, be it six episodes, 12, an action or a comedy, you know, um, I think um, Daily Lives of High School Boys just does what it does to such a... It, it's a, a good balance, movie. especially, yeah, and it's a good balance between watching a serious show and then watching Daily Lives. I was, right now, I'm currently watching X, and that's a very dark show, throughout the series and i was watching going between that and daily lives while watching this it kind of has to balance the comedy out it is a good show just to get your mind off of things and just have fun yeah absolutely you know i think it's just you know a perfect palate cleanser especially if you're watching something else um so i really can't recommend it enough and if you're looking for other shows like in this same vein um we've mentioned a few already like azumanga but azumanga gets kind of surrealist and overstays its welcome for a bit the other high school girls show I mentioned before. Asobi Asobase? Asobi Asobase is a good one. Wasteful Days of High School Girls, I think, is the most immediate parallel I can make, too. What about Lucky Star? Lucky Star is pretty good, too. Um, I could get... I, that's, one, that's a show I didn't like at all. I could get into that one. I can understand why. Um, I think it's cute for what it is. I think we've pretty much stated our final thoughts on Daily Lives of High School Boys. It is a solid, well-written, funny, and beautifully directed high school comedy that serves as a nice little pick-me-up if you've watched something long or something heavy. It's just long enough to the point where it never feels like it wears out its welcome like some other comedy anime out there. And while there is enough material in the manga, from what I understand, it's only seven volumes long and it's just a bunch of short chapters, I think with what we have, it's just enough. It's a meal that'll fill you up nicely, but you don't want to ask for seconds for it. Not necessarily in a bad way, it's just... You know, this is fine for what it is, and it's just enough. And, you know, if there was any more, I wouldn't complain, but I'm also not mad that we're not getting a second season. This is another show I recommend that kind of has that sense of humor that, I mean, it's another show that's kind of forgotten comedy. Uh, are you guys ever seen the show Astro Fighter Sunred? No, I can't say I've ever heard of it. Heard, never seen. It's a show basically making fun of Power Rangers, and it's the daily, but the thing is, it's a size of life show about. Basically, these villains who are actually the nicest people in the world, and basically they're trying to go after the red, red Power Ranger-looking guy, but he's the biggest asshole in the whole show. But it's like they're just trying through lives. Like, so like the villains have like one has diabetes, and he has to go to the doctor. <laughs> and there's one where they're like trying to have financial budget. It's just like slice of life stuff. It kind of reminded me a little bit. Like everything's like short segments. It's to the point, and it's just goofy fun. And it's like, it doesn't overstay its welcome, and it's kind of reminding me of that. So, I mean, it says, like, again, just short segments that work well. But 
in terms of the show itself, the only high school boy. Yeah, I mean, it's a surprise little show. I mean, go check it out, people. Literally, it's it's a good comedy that you know you won't wait, you won't regret it. Yeah, absolutely. Just watch it. It's right there. It's on Tubi. It's right there. It's right there. Yes, indeed. It is on Tubi. It is also on Crunchyroll. And uh, it is also uh, available to buy on iTunes and on Amazon Prime. So, yeah, it's immediately accessible, easy to watch, great to watch with friends, too. Comedy anime always works well when you've got friends to watch it with. Now, if you don't like streaming, last I checked, it is still available on Blu-ray. NIS will still sell it to you, but Lord knows how long that thing's going to remain in print. Yeah, get a copy if you really want to support the physical media. Like, seriously. Sometimes when it goes on sale, it's like for 20 bucks when I had a right stuff sale. If it gets it, pick it up. Copy, it's worth it. Yeah, how can you beat that kind of price? So I think we've said everything we have to say about Daily Lives of High School Boys. But we're going from one wacky show to the next one. And it's another big one from the 2010s, because next time on the Otaku Nate Show, we are going to look at the biggest, baddest, craziest, wackiest, dandiest show of them all, because next time, we're going to look at a show that was hyped as being one of the next big things of anime, and for a while it was, and to many it still is but we're ultimately going to figure out why it could have been a little bigger than it was when we ride the Sea of Stars with Space Dandy. So we thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please give us a like and subscribe on Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can also follow us on social media on Twitter at OtakuNateShow and on Facebook as well under the same name, to be honest. Bronx, you got anything to plug? Uh, yeah, actually, um, if any of you guys are interested in illustration, uh, especially character art, um, I do have a portfolio up on ArtStation. It's bronxkuma.artstation.com. Uh, I also have a Fiverr I'm going to be setting up soon. So if you want to commission me for character art, uh, I do you know portraits, I do safe work, I do some NSFW. Um, hit me up. We'll take it from there. So until then, this is Otaku Nate. Thanks, Kuma. This is Dan the Man. And we're signing off and saying, let's show our lame sides. That's who we really are, after all. <laughs>